right. And that's it. Um, I heard a really cool story this week I want to share with y'all. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. But um, you mentioned your friend Shane. And one of the guys I work with out there, his... I don't know if it's his cousin or just a guy he grew up with. I mean, these guys, are, they're from Merkel, Texas. And if you want to... Uh, actually... I answered his phone call one day when I was sitting with Pastor Chris. He's like, oh, man, that's like this guy's like a real Texan. Like we're just playing Texas over here. Like this guy's like he's the real deal. Um, they grew up on ranches. They work cattle. They you know, this is what they do. Um, and so his friend or cousin or whoever, he um, he grew up and he always wanted to go to Colorado and be a ranch hand. He was a ranch hand in West Texas, but he wanted to be to go to Colorado and be one. And um, the year after he graduated, he finally got hired by, like, one of the biggest ranches in Texas. And, guys, this guy, like, he's been in magazines because he trains cutting horses. And so, like, he's, he's been in magazines. He, what horses? Cutting horses. It's, it's a working horse. Oh, okay. It's um, used for, for working cattle. Cool. And um, he went to Colorado, I think, in the spring. You know, it's it amazing. And then, like... The end of, by the end of November, he was back in Texas. He was like, that is miserable. Um, but he's just telling this story. And, and at the age of 25, this guy, they've, uh, you know, he had these stomach issues, but being a, a Texas ranch hand, he just dealt with it. And when he finally went to the doctor, they discovered stage three or stage four stomach cancer. And um, he came, I think the ranch owner, he's now, it still works for one of the biggest ranches in Texas. And... Um, the ranch owner paid for his treatment. So he came to Houston. One of the doctors that treated him was one of the guys on the team that treated Neil Armstrong. So he had the best doctors. And this is what the doctor told him. He said, I'm either going to kill the cancer or I'm going to kill you trying. Because it's that bad. There's no, there's no pansy foot in here. We've got we've to be aggressive in our, in our approach. And so um, they, he beat it. He beat cancer. And like a year after he was in remission, he had to come back to Houston for a bone marrow, I guess, um, to check. I don't know what it was for. They had to pull bone marrow from him and uh, as a test, uh, I guess, to see if the cancer was finally gone or whatever. And uh, again, this guy, he's this tough cowboy, right? And he drives from Merkel to Houston. It's a long drive. I've done it a couple times now this month. Um, and... The, the, the PA is like, hey, we've got to sedate you, you know, so who, you know, do you have a ride? Like, I need somebody to sign this form or whatever. He's like, no, it's just me. It's like, I can't, I can't do this procedure on you because we have to sedate you. And he's like, man, I'm not coming back. If I get in that truck and I drive back to Merkel, Texas, I am not coming back to Houston. He said, why can't you just do it? And the guy pulls out this 14-gauge needle. He said, I have to stick this into the, into the joint of your hip and extract bone marrow. <laughs> it ain't happening, brother. <laughs> and he said, I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how big your belt buckle is. It ain't happening. <laughs> and they go back and forth. And finally, like, the guy had to get the, the hospital or manager or whoever to come in and approve it. And they gave him a wad of popsicle sticks, and they strapped him down, and he said, and they got that bone marrow from him without a lick of, and it's like, he said, he said, look, he said, I, I got through about every one of those popsicle sticks, and I promise you, they're going to have to send those straps back to be load tested after I pulled that bit. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, sometimes, like, 
like we don't we don't like the fact that that our healing that our salvation like it's on the other side of the cross you know what i mean like jesus salvation was on the other side of the cross and it's hard and like this guy i was just like man that is that's a tough tough guy he's still a ranch hand today and that has nothing to do with what i'm talking about i just want to share that with y'all like, i'm telling everybody this story this guy's um but this week i was actually thinking about listening um I was thinking about listening. And I've read this quote before. I've always associated with Mark Twain. I actually read this week that it may have been Abraham Lincoln. But it says, um, it is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> you ever heard that? Like, So, like, this is an issue for me. This is an issue for me. I like to talk. Like, I like to talk. Um, Listening is hard. You know, whenever somebody's telling me their problems, whenever, they're, whenever a friend or a brother or, or, or somebody's telling me their problems, like my, my response is to want to jump in and give solutions. That's what my career is. That's what I do. Like people call me from rig sites and I give them solutions to their problems. I troubleshoot. I, I figure out what's going on on the rig and then I, here's your solution. And so when, when people come to me, I have the same, tend to have the same response. And it's caused so much between us because Candace will come to me, not, not issues, but just Candace will come to me and, you know, here's all these problems. And I start rolling through this Rolodex of solutions and no, no, no. She doesn't really want a solution. She just wants me to listen. It's a normal, right? Like, it's a normal thing. Um, but it, it's... it's <laughs> Fair enough, but it's hard. You know, it's hard for us guys. Like we just want, we just want to fix it, right? So, but I, but I was thinking about this this week, and like, um, the scripture talks a lot about talking, and, and 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 you know, a lot of it's in Proverbs, and so I'm going to read a few verses tonight and just talk about that and just what God's had on my heart this week. But um, the first one I'm going to read is actually Ecclesiastes five, uh, one through three. And Pastor Christian said something to me a while back. He said, like, if you don't read these little, like, books that we tend to skip over, you just miss all this gold. Like, in one of those verses, actually, that, that we were talking about that day is, is, you know, we'll talk about a little bit tonight. But Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 3, it says, it says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God to draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. They do not know that they're doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. Um, in Proverbs eighteen thirteen says this. It says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. And that's going to be Candace's new life verse with me when she comes to me with her issues. <laughs> <laughs> because that's always, you know, like there, there's a cartoon that Mackenzie likes. And for those of you who have kids, you may have seen it, but it's like, um, there's, there's like an auto fill for the internet browser. And it's like, it's overreactive. So every time they like, they just half get out a word and auto fills like going crazy trying to finish their sentence. That's how I am with her sometimes. That's how I am with people. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. yeah. That's just, that's just me. Like I, I just, I have that problem. Um, 
But it's no wonder, too, right? Because we live in a time where, like, communication is a part of our everyday life, and it's so, like, overstimulating that it's almost bursting at the seams, right? Like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like, all these things have convinced us that, that what we have to say is actually, like, people really just want to hear what I have to say. I just need to get this stuff out there because people really want to hear it. And I get my likes and I get my shares and I get all these things. And it's like this desire to, to just to talk, to put stuff out there. Um, and Proverbs 29, 20 says this. He says, um, do you see a man who is hasty with words? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Mm. <laughs> 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 one by one, huh? <laughs> it's... That's <laughs> You know, it's like you see things on social media or in the news or just in an article or conversation, and like nine times out of ten, it's not a full story, and we rush to our comments. Like we rushed, I need to comment on this. I need to, I need to put my opinion out there for this. Um, I need to give my solutions to the world. Right, because I mean, I'm I'm putting stuff on Facebook. The 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 to the people that Facebook has determined are my friends, and it, and it's really just like it's it's foolishness, right? Like when you when you really stop to think about how we interact with the world, and I'm not saying like everything is wrong. We were talking about this earlier, like Colton. You know, we we're joking. Like you scroll through Facebook, and it's like stranger Colton, stranger Colton, add Colton, add stranger Colton. And it's like, but, but what Colton puts out is simple, you know, cool things, right? Like, so I'm not saying like every time somebody opens their mouth, it's a bad thing, but it's just, <laughs> sometimes it is, but, um, this all, <laughs> but, you know, all we really do is we're just adding more noise to this, to this clanging gong, this gong, this noisy gate, this, this, right? Like we're just, we're just adding more to it. And, and, and again, it, it's hard. Like, I don't know about you guys, like, silence bothers me. <laughs> silence really bothers me. Like, I get in Candace's car, and the radio's turned all the way down, and it's like, what planet are you from? Like, what planet are you from that you can just drive around with nothing? And, like, right, and, and, and again, there's a lot of people that can function like that. It's like a long to your thoughts. And, and it's just, it's, it's not my, it, <laughs> no, this is great. Like I, sh- I wrestle with it. You know why? Because like silence is deafening to me. Bingo. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Right. Like there's this need to be si- to be noisy because it drowns out potential for things I, that's right I, I like the clutter and so so like so this is you know so this is a deep issue for me like this is something that, that God's really been speaking to me and it's not about like understand this like it's not about this relationship it is but it's more about this relationship right like it's more about my relationship to God but um you know, Proverbs ten nineteen says, "When words are many, transgressions is not lacking." Wow. 
but whoever restrains his, restrains his lips is prudent. Um, Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. <laughs> when he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Like, this is all, um, it speaks to me. Uh, Amos five thirteen. There, therefore, he who is prudent will keep silent in such times, for it is an evil time. In James 1, 19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And just think about this, and I think if there's ever a time where this is needed, it's now. When we have been, like, there's so much division in our cities, our nation, our our world, but even worse, our churches. Like, there's so much division in the world we live in today. Like, again, as I'm saying this, my mind tells me, like, we can fix this, man. Like, let's do this. But sometimes words just aren't the solution. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because if you take that and put it in, interject it into our, you know, spousal um, conversations, us trying to fix it versus oh. being silent. Right. That's right. It's, there, it's there's danger in silence as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> <laughs> touching some nerves here. Listen, you don't talk <laughs> But you know, when I when I say that, like when I say that we should like listen more and talk less, it's not you know like a blanket thing, right? Like Psalm one says that uh, it says like blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. It doesn't mean we just let everybody pour into us what i think like there's two things here there one is that um you know like we should welcome in godly people to our lives that that can speak into us um that can speak into where we're at and 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 really reproof us but it's also like with god that we that we can learn to sit and wait for god and be okay that like with the silence, be okay not filling the void with words. Again, this is my problem. Like, I can sit in silence for about seven seconds and then squirrel and I'm off, right? Or I'm praying, or I'm just, I, let me just pray. Let me just get words out on the table here and we can start working this out. And uh, we're actually with some friends last night. I found out last night I'm no longer capable of staying up till two o'clock in the morning um, and functioning the next day. But like we were there with them and they actually gave me a really cool book because it's been on my heart like just really just sitting before God just 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 Psalm 60 what is it 61 um is that right I think I have it on here Psalm 62 verse 1 and verse 5 is like I sit in silence before God I sit in silence for God um but the world tells us that we should speak the world tells us that like you have a voice and you have power there's power in your voice you should speak up and speak out because there's power and you're, you're empowered when you speak. And it's a paradox because God says there's more power when you let me do what I'm going to do. Right? Like there's more power when you sit there and you let me do my thing. That's what I was talking to Candace's brother about today. He's like, you're battling this demon instead of just stepping back and saying, I can't. I can't. You're trying to get yourself to a place of, of, of rightness with God and you can't. The best thing you can do is... Our willpower or God's power doing the work. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that's right. Because there's uh, power either way, but which one are you going to use? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there's times. Like, there's times to speak out. There's times to speak up. Um, Luke 6, 45, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, it's what we see today. Like, it's, it's alarming. What we see coming out of people that Bible verse, hatred. Bible verse, hatred. Like, out of the abundance of the heart flows what comes out of our mouth like it's alarming what people are saying it's alarming what what's what's being spoken uh matthew 13, 12 36 you know on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak like guys i don't know about y'all but like i just i read that and read i that think again. read it again um on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak it is. What, what's that? So it's 36. And, but no, what, like, I just, I think about, like, you know, coming to a place where, you know, I really put some thought before I speak. Like, I really sit in silence and I listen to somebody. I, I, I'm, I'm listening more than I'm trying to solve problems. I'm listening and receiving more you know, more than I'm trying to solve problems. I don't know about you guys. Like I've met one, like, and you guys have probably met, met someone that's like this, like that guy that's just like, where'd you come from? Right. Like he's like a sage. He's like, you know, like just wise and smart and, and like a Renaissance man, however you want to define him. And the funny thing is, is like that guy doesn't tell you how to get there because he's more interested in you because that's how he got there. And it's the same kind of thing with what you were talking about. Um, the humble man, you don't know him because he's not telling you how humble is. He's asking you about you, right? Like he's more interested in you than you are in him. Um, and these people are important to have in our life. It's important to, to have those kind of people in our life. Uh, Psalm 141.5 says, Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, and it is oil for my head. Like we need those people in our lives like we need people that we can sit under and listen to so it's not about just letting anybody just pour into you but it's about it's about identifying the people that God has put in your life so that you can listen to them Um, but as with like so many other principles like I said earlier it's not so much about this as it for me as it is about this like if I can't do it here if I can't do it in the relationship between my brothers and sisters in Christ how can I do it before God who, who sometimes seems distant, right? Like God who sometimes doesn't speak when I need him to. And, and that's where that, that verse, like Psalm 62, 1 and verse 5, for God alone my soul waits in silence. And then in verse 5, for God alone, oh, my soul wait in silence. Like, this concept that it's okay if God doesn't give me some great revelation, if God doesn't give me the answer to my problem, if God doesn't give me what I'm looking for, that's okay. And that's a hard concept. That's a hard concept for me. I know it is for, for some other guys that, that I talk to, and it's like it, it's, it's difficult because we're problem solvers. Like in this relationship with our spouse, in this relationship, maybe in discipleship, like we tend to try to solve problems. Um, And what I love is whenever Moses is bringing Israel out of Egypt, 
when God is bringing Israel out of Egypt and, and Moses is at the head and he's leading. And, and this is what he says when they're at the Red Sea. He's like, you see these Egyptians? Like, you're never going to see them again. And listen to what he says in, in uh, Exodus 14, 14. He says, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. You have only to be silent. And it's like, if, I, if we as a church like, could learn to come before God with, and, and not need to, to, to offer all these sacrifices. In Jeremiah, I don't know the verse, but in Jeremiah, he says, like, when I brought you out, did I give you sacrifices? Is that the first thing I gave you was sacrifices? I gave you, oh, you know, hero Israel. That was the first thing I gave you, the Shema. That was what I gave you, a relationship. Not sacrifices, but a relationship. And like if we could get as a church, not Evergrace, but just as a church in, in the whole as and as, the in, as the church and as individuals to come before God and not need to perform, not need to, to, to succeed, not need to, um, to look or, or, or function as, you know, what we might I, I identify as successful, but just be before God. Like, just be before God. Um, Matthew 6, 7, right, when he's teaching about prayer, he says, when you pray, do not, do not um, heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. And just think about that. And that's just, to me, guys, that's a, that's a refreshing thing that, that's like, it's not, it's okay, if when you don't have the words, it's okay. The spirit will intercede on your behalf. When you don't, when you don't know what to say, or when you feel like I'm distant and I'm silent, it's okay. Like I'm working. All you have, I will fight for you, and all you have is to be silent. And so, like learning to shut out the voices, whether it's the world or or media or you know whatever Facebook, like it's important. But sometimes for me. Like the loudest voice, the hardest voice I have to shut out is my own. It's my own voice. Um, whether it's in this relationship, but more importantly to, to God. Because if I can't discipline myself there, you know, like if I can't get to this place where I can just sit and receive from God and, not, and be okay if it's just silence. Like that's, that's what she tells me all the time. Like how can you not love this? Like, this is where I'm not, there's nothing special. There's nothing magical going on. I drive and I just feel the presence of God. I just know he's yeah. with me and I can just rest in that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm. you know, like when you eat really clean, healthy food, when you're on the Arbonne program and then you, <laughs> and then you fall off of it, yeah. you know that, that getting back there would be like really great. You remember what it was like? <laughs> it's just hard to get back there. It's hard to get to that place. And I've had those moments, you know, I've had those. And so um, I just think it's, it's, it's so important, like, as the church, as individuals, that we can find this, this place of just silence. Like, Jesus went to the mountaintop to pray. And, and I don't know, you know, if he was just heaping up a bunch of words. I doubt it since he, you know, told these guys not to. But just sitting in the presence of God, knowing that, like, God is for me. God is for me. It doesn't look the way I think it should. It doesn't look the way the world tells me it should. But I know that God is for me. I can just rest in that. Amen? I think that's where 
um, 